Hey guys, I've been telling you about how we are big fans of Tacova's boots. Heritage, tradition, quality, comfort, style, and service are some of the best features of Tacova's. But now they also have a gift for our listeners. Tacovas will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps free with a minimum purchase of $100 at tacovas.com. Just use code REALFRIENDS at checkout. That's R-E-A-L-F-R-I-E-N-D-S. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. And point your toes west. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. Hi, friend. You sure you don't want to start it with me screaming? <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's like a, people are tuning in, they're excited to hear, and someone yells in their ear. I don't think it's the best way to begin the program. Okay, well, shit, my bad. I'm sorry. Yeah, give them some warm, warm, dulcet tones, low volume. Hello, how are you this evening? Yeah, that's what It's not want. even evening, it's the morning. Hello. Well, in your room, I wish the audience could see. It's uh, Donald records uh, with all his curtains closed in his sort of man cave. Yes, hold on. And uh, it looks like it's midnight, but it's actually 10 a.m. That's true. Earlier than we usually record. What are we doing up so early, guys? Um, I have to go somewhere. So we are uh, doing this early. Thank you for accommodating me. We don't have Joel today. Daniel, will you be mm -hmm. able to fulfill all of Joel's duties? I will do. My best. Will you be as charming and funny and witty as she is? You know what? I truly cannot make that promise. She is a, that, uh, that is a mountain I do not know if I'll be able to ascend. But again, That's true. I will do my best. Will you laugh at our dumb jokes like Joelle does? <sighs> of course. All right, good. Speaking of dumb <laughs> jokes. Speaking of dumb jokes. Yes. Could AI ever go after, like, directing gigs? Um, I don't, I don't think how, so. I don't see how yet. Why? <laughs> but what if AI could? What if AI could, like, it was like Evie from Small Wonder, hmm. Donald, and it was like racist. What's your motivation? Donald, could you do that scene again? This time, blacker. <laughs> so in this situation, uh, for those of you who don't know, Small Wonder was a sitcom about a robot child 
And you're saying if the small robot child became an AI filmmaker and, yes. was, and was racist. And it was racist. <laughs> okay, I'm following you. I may be the only person on earth that's following you, but I got it. Oh, hell yeah. Um, Donald, that was great. And then somebody like talks to her. Like, yo, you can't just be like Donald Blacker. You got to be like a little bit more creative with how you say that And then shit she's like, him. shut up, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the director of this project. <laughs> Donald. This time, more street. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't Fantastic. think we... I do hope that um, that that, uh, that sitcom comes back because it was so bad, it was good. <laughs> I remember even as a child watching that sitcom. What if that's what AI is like? AI is like, dude... I just see. I just want to see myself as a human. Small wonder. Let's bring back small wonder. Right. When AI takes over the world, AI is like, I always wanted to be human. I want to see. Even as it. a child, I remember small wonder thinking it was trash. Like this is really some low budget, <laughs> stupid shit. <laughs> right. She had special powers and shit. It wasn't trash. Mm. She, they turned a. They they made a robot into a little girl that never got old. I know. I'm just saying. The I remember even as a child thinking the writing yeah, like was horrible. not yeah, good. Yeah, I, I know what you meant. Mm, just yeah. like horrible, just like a horrible show. How are you? I'm well. Tired. Why are you tired? You know, I take my kid. So my kid plays basketball. Yeah, we know and, that. The fans know that too. He's very good. You said. Well, he's he's you know, he's starting to run into competition now and stuff. And oh, it's the getting workouts, harder. Yeah, and the workouts that we take them to are all over Los Angeles. Some are in Inglewood, some are in Thousand Oaks, some are, you know. So you're like a dadager. I'm not necessarily a dadager, but like, you know how there's soccer moms and basketball yeah. moms. I'm a mm -hmm. basketball dad right now, nice. for sure. Are you and being, I'm a soccer dad for a while. Do you give him coaching? Like uh, like Serena uh, and Venus Williams' father did? Do you give him coaching on your own? I wish he would take coaching from me. He doesn't take any type of coaching from me. He, you know, I, it's 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 frustrating to watch your kid respond to other adults, like you know, coaches and people who obviously know more about basketball than I do. Mm -hmm. Watch him respond to them, and then when we're in the backyard playing around. He's like, Dad, I didn't bring you out here for this. I just want to come out here and shoot hoops with you, man. That's all I want to do. I didn't wow. bring you out here to freaking run drills with you. I just mm. want to shoot hoops and one v one you. That's all I want to do. Let's talk basketball. You know what I mean? And it's so. Do you have to? So do you have to? Do you respect that? Because he's like saying, like, look, I'm getting it enough from other people. Will you just be my dad and shoot with me? Yeah, of course I respect it. But sometimes it's like, dude, you got to get better, man. These workouts yeah. that you're doing yeah. aren't enough. To get right. you there, obviously, you're kind let's of work like on some stuff. Basically, what you're saying is you want fame. Well, right. Fame costs, and, and right, right here is where, where you start, start paying, paying in sweat, pain sweat. and sweat. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a little broom that you? What is it? A, a stick that a, you? A staff. I don't have a staff. You have a staff. You should get a staff. That's what I'm going to get you for Hanukkah. Thank you. A dadger staff. A dadger staff. You got big dreams. You want fame? Well, fame costs. Mm. And right here is where you start paying in, in sweat. sweat. Yeah. 
I did that for Debbie Allen in person. That's so crazy. She didn't think I was going to go into the whole thing, but I did. She <laughs> called me Leroy in a scene once. I think I told you this. Yeah, before. you told us that. Um, well, the strike continues. Uh, mm. No sign of any improvement. And now only questions if the DGA and SAG are going to strike as well, which would definitely shut down everything because people can claim to be shooting things that were uh, written before the writer's strike, but you certainly can't have, make things without actors or directors. Are the mm-hmm. DGA, is the DGA going to strike? No one knows. I ask yeah. around and, um, um, and people have, uh, everyone's guessing. It's just speculation. No one, no yeah, one knows. Yeah, you know, somebody asked me yesterday, they were like, I don't think it's going to happen. I was like, it's definitely going to happen. Yeah. But in all honesty, I have no clue. Nobody has any no clue. clue. Everyone's just guessing. Uh, no one knows. I will say no that it, that whole HBO Max thing definitely was like a, a bit of a knife twist. Yeah, that was. You guys bad. see that? It was yeah, that so happened. dumb. They yeah, changed how it. the uh, they changed how the credits look on HBO Max. So like when you scroll to you know an episode of something, instead of director, writer, producer, etc., they lump everybody together under creators. It's just there's no separation of who did what. It's just creators and then everybody, which is yeah. like. Yeah, so like so like Coppola would be like fourth in on The Godfather. It was really yeah. weird. As a creator. And what's so bizarre is that they then claimed, they then apologized and claimed that it mm-hmm. was, quote, something like, uh, I shouldn't say quote because I'm paraphrasing, but it was something like it was uh, a, a data error in transferring things to our new app, which is so clearly not true because yeah. it had been reformatted. It's all, it's, it's just covering up a bad decision that they made that they thought would be like, oh, well, you know, now people are creators and, you know, it's a new title. It's like I stupid. know, but it was so insulting to to people. Totally. Mm-hmm. And also the actors were lumped in. It was like act, it was also like actors mm-hmm. and then it would be like, you know, all the actors in the movie. So like, you know, Brando could be like fifth in on The Godfather. Right. Bizarre. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what does this mean for... They what changed it. They, it was just. It was just. A, yeah. It was just in the in the midst of a negotiation with the directors guild. They did something super insulting to directors, um, but they they've they've backtracked and said they're going to change it. That whole Max thing is so funny. The whole idea of that the HBO, one of the most beloved brands in Hollywood, is mm-hmm. is gone. It's just a really bizarre thing, huh? Yeah, it's nuts. Times they are a changing. That leads Amen. us into uh, the episode where Sarah's character, Elliot, wants to swing Sweet Low, Sweet Chariot. Swing Low, Swing Low. What did I say? Chariot. You said Sweet Low. Oh, sorry. Swing Low, Sweet Chariot. Um, Donald, you're not in this episode, which I, I, I can't love a scrub. That's right. You know what? Matter of fact, let's just five, six, seven, Here's eight. some stories about a show we made about a bunch of docs and nurses and a janitor who loved to hate. I'm not in this episode. You're right. And I, can't, and I lost I gotta, interest once I realized I wasn't in this episode. I was like, this is not the best episode. <laughs> well, I'm. I, listen, I didn't really love this episode uh, either, if I'm being fully honest. And I didn't realize until I got towards the end that I was like, oh, one of the things that's missing is Donald. Yeah. That's one of the re- – I mean, you're one of the funniest parts of the show. And uh, if you're not in the show, it's only going to be a mediocre one. I tell you where and I I'm not just saying up. that because I love you. Well, you know, it's what it is. It's this what one, it is, what it is. This one just felt like, 
Like there were some good, there were some good story moments. I, I like, I like the Cox, I like the Cox storyline. Cox having to turn into Kelso, even though he says he's never going to be like him. Him seeing the struggles of what it's like to be chief of medicine, and uh, and and and, uh, and JD becoming the Doctor Cox to to Cox's relationship with Kelso. I thought that was good, but I really, I just kind of like was poetry. like poetry. It has to I was, rhyme. I was kind of like just shaking my head the whole time. Like what, 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 what. Well, you want to start from the beginning? Yes. Uh, what a sales tool we've done for a rewatch podcast. But <laughs> we promise to still make it funny, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. This is the uh, podcast Fake Doctors, Real Friends. We should say like an airplane. If you're listening to uh, – if you meant to in, uh, – intended to listen to the different podcasts, uh, get off now. You are listening to Fake Doctors, Real Friends, <laughs> or stay with us for the first time. This episode was directed by Will McKenzie, written yes. by Dave Tennant. Will McKenzie, one of our favorite directors who um, directed the musical episode and just a wonderful guy. We've spoken about our love for him before. Which we will be reviewing on June yes, 10th June in 10th Seattle. In Seattle. Mm-hmm. If you happen to be in Seattle, join us at the Moore Theater on, on June 10th. where We are going to do a live rewatch. Well, we won't live rewatch. We will a live discussion. We're not going to rewatch it? Um, I don't think we're allowed to watch it live. Uh, Bill was looking into it for us if we were allowed to show it beforehand. Um, uh, you know, there's all sorts of legal issues with that. Yeah. Anyway, you should watch it if you're coming on June 10th anyway. Rewatch it again, obviously, so it's fresh in your head, right? That would be the best way to enjoy our rewatch live show. I agree. Um, yeah, June 10th, the Moore Theater in Seattle. Come join us. Um, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So, okay, 807, I wrote 807 dash no Turk. (laughs) Turkless. This is the Turkless episode. And it opens with Katie walking down the hallway and running into JD and Elliot kissing. This was the fake out right here because I thought I was going to be in the episode because Katie comes in delivering, you know, Turk and JD are using Katie uh, as a messenger. Yeah, as uh, a page. Yeah. Throughout the hospital. So at this moment, I'm like, oh, I'm definitely in this episode. No. You know, I didn't question whether or not I was going to like this episode. Yeah, you not. thought yeah. they were going to cut to Katie going to you, but no. At some point. It was yeah. a fake out. But her interrupting uh, JD and Elliot's kissing is so C-3PO. You know what I mean? No, I don't know what you mean. 3PO was always interrupting tender moments. Oh, was he a C-blocker? He was the ultimate C block. His name is C three PO, cock blocking. <laughs> <laughs> Did you listen the- to that thing I sent you? Um, of the sorry, this is a total non sequitur, but of the AI making Sinatra sing uh, that song, sing from the window to the wall. Yeah. Did you hear that, Daniel? Sweat drips down my balls. Oh, <laughs> oh my God! Let me Do see if all I can. All you skeet skeet skeet. Let me see if I can pull it up real quick. All you skeet skeet skeet. Goddamn! Donald, did you laugh? Yeah, man. Let me see if I can play it. From the window to the wall, <laughs> to um, the sweat drip right, down my hold on. balls. Let me wait, you don't let, listen. So this is um, a YouTuber named quote. There, I ruined it. Let's give him a shout out. Oh, he I used, love he this used guy. AI to imagine Sinatra covering "Get Low" by Lil Jon. Let me see if I can pull it up here. If I do this oh right. Oh my gosh! Here we go, guys. To the window, to the wall. <laughs> 
Until the swig drops down my ball <laughs> Until all you bitches crawl Oh, skeet, skeet, goddamn <laughs> Skeet, skeet, goddamn I have to say, that is that fucking is so funny, funny. Is funny. <laughs> From the window to the wall Till the sweat drips, drips down, down my, my balls. balls. What's skeet skeet? What does skeet skeet mean? That's Come, dude. Skeet skeet. Skeet um, skeet. I don't know. That's I don't know that skeet the, is a term. That's the sound of the <laughs> jizz coming Why out of your Why does jizz make a skeet hole? noise? Skeet, I never, mine, mine doesn't do that. It doesn't. It, hold on. There's something wrong with my you ejaculation imagine, that it doesn't make imagine. a skeet noise? What does your... What does your when you skeet, it's silent. Your... Maybe I have a silencer on by accident. So you go. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I was born with a silencer on my skeet. <laughs> <laughs> when oh, you ejaculate, yeah. you hear the noise skeet. No, no. Oh, skeet good. I try, when I was younger, to describe that. it, I'd be like, and then I was like, <laughs> okay, yeah, but that's not skeet. What am well, I missing? What am I missing? Like skeet. It's 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 more like I skeeted. Okay, or it's like a, it's a verb. Skeet. It's like skeet, 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 Okay, but it's skeet, they skeet. Okay, thank you for conjugating it down. No, you know what? You do have a sound. Okay, let's move on from the top conversation skeeting. But how funny is that song? That is really funny. It's amazing. From the window to the wall. It was amazing when they played the original version on the radio. Chris Rock has a whole bit about it. Mm-hmm. What What is his bit in short? Don't do the that bit. They Just were allowing people to say skeet, skeet on the radio. On the radio, from the window were like, to the wall till the sweat drips down my balls till all these bitches crawl, all skeet, skeet. All this is on the radio. It's poetry. It's poetry. Until poetry. they realized, until somebody was like, yo, you can't be letting them right. say I didn't know. Listen, if I was the DJ, I wouldn't know. Skeet, skeet. If I was the DJ in this situation, I wouldn't know. So I'd be like, here we go. It's the new song with uh, my favorite new lyric, uh, Skeet Skeet. Here is uh, Lil John with Skeet Skeet, Window to the Wall. Skeet Skeet. That would be my talk up. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say, though, uh, I don't know if this is uh, right or not, but I want to hear Sinatra sing more really inappropriate songs now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, I, I ain't saying she's a broke nerd, bitch, <laughs> but she ain't, for, wait, wait, I, I ain't saying she's a gold digger, but she ain't fucking with no broke. Ah, 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 ah. That would be funny, right? I mean, that's a funny use of AI. You can see her on any given Sunday, <laughs> then drive off in a Hyundai. <laughs> <laughs> Tacovas are one of my favorite boot brands. They're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've made some innovations in comfort, style, and service. These boots are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. Whenever I slip on my Tacoba's boots, I feel the cowboy magic, Donald. They're tough enough for getting dirty, but classic and stylish enough for a night out on the town. If you ever wonder if you can pull off cowboy boots, 
You should pull on a pair of Tacovas. You'll see. They'll become your new favorite footwear. Cowboys knew what they were doing when they invented Western wear. If you can't make it into a store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com and point your toes west. As a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovas has said they will throw in one of their best selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on Tacovas.com. Just use code REALFRIENDS at checkout. That's R E A L F R I E N D S. It's about a $30 value and they sell fast, so there are always new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter code REALFRIENDS at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one time gift from Tacovas. Only at Tacovas.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, read a book, show up for a friend? A lot of people spend their lives wishing they had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it your priority. Therapy personally for me has helped me a lot focus on my goals. And you've heard me talk about the podcast of the whole idea of whiteboarding and manifesting and, and really getting clear with myself what I want to accomplish in my life and where I want to set my sights. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash RealFriends today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash RealFriends. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Alright, so uh, I guess Elliot and JD are dating again, and they're making out in the ICU. Katie brings a message. Uh, we gotta get something correct. Go ahead. Kissing is not hit, hitting that. If somebody's kissing, you are not hitting that. So that I think was. I think he's talking about. Oh, does he does he say he's hitting it? Right he says, there "Don't then? interrupt me when I'm hitting that." I see. Yes, and he says hitting that hit means banging. Okay. Mm. Okay. Well, we're all learning something today, Donald. I learned about skeet. Some of the audience are learning that hitting that is banging. Mm. I think most of the audience knows when they say I hit that, what they meant. Yes. Okay, you're probably right. Um, although my mom listens sometimes, she might not know about skeet or hitting that. Sorry, mm. Ann, now you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
more you know. <laughs> Every once in a while, my mom's like, I've been listening to the podcast. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, this shit is so dirty sometimes. <laughs> but she never That's says funny. anything. She's never like, why did you boys talk so dirty? <clears throat> oh, for fuck's sake, just stop talking about your willies. Yeah, it's like, like Deb does. All right, so, um, all right, Cox and Kelso are buddies now. They're hanging out at Kelso's house. Yeah, which, I mean, they tried to set it up in the last episode. It jumps. Re- it jumped really fast. They're all fast friends, too. Fast friends, um, like really quickly. But with the way the episode ended and everything, part of me, you know, I wonder if it was like that when Cox first came to the hospital where he was Kelso's JD. Probably mm. wasn't like that. But there uh-huh. are other stories, but there are stories like that throughout, you know, there was another JD before JD, you know. That would have been a funny that would have been a funny flashback, especially if they'd had this de-aging technology to show Back like it, right. to show like young Cox coming and Kelso's the mean Cox to him. That would have been yeah. a funny flashback. Yeah. So I wonder um, if that I wonder if that I wonder you know, the, I mean, because they're such fast friends all of a sudden. It's like, you know how it is when you get with an old friend, it fits like a glove. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Well, we learned that Cox saw Kelso's ass at ner- one of Nurse Roberts' above-ground pool parties. Yes. And he's still recovering. Yes. It's been a while since we've talked about Nurse Roberts' above-ground pool party. I know, but think about what must go down at these parties, dude. I mean, one can infer now that Kelso was naked— Yes. At the party. Yes. <laughs> Kelso, everyone's boss, is naked at uh, the above ground pool party. I think there was like a waiver that was sent out when <laughs> Nurse Roberts decided oh, like to Like you had to sign it to get in the party? After the first one, she was like, we're going to have to do a waiver or something, child. Because <laughs> the first one was crazy, and we had fun and everything. But this shit can't come back to the hospital. Like, what is happening at this party? Like, we only, we never see it. We only hear glimpses about it. But, like, there's there's clearly drugs involved. Um, Hell yeah. There's, like, people just, like, Hell it's yeah. like Fight Club. Like, you don't talk about it. Like, you just, it's, like, so top secret, the shit that goes down at this party. It's not top secret, but, uh, to, I mean, to... To the audience. We only get glimpses. That's the problem. Yeah, we only we get, like, little yeah. flashes of, yo. Know, I want to go to this one time. I'm, I know, I know. And in fact, in fact, if we ever do a reboot, we really have to go in to show like, like one of these parties. Mm-hmm. Like you know, how now, like if we were on streaming, we could be a little more like R rated. Risque. We have, to, we have to like cut to like a euphoria style scene of like the shit, shit. going down at Nurse Damn. Roberts' party. There is nothing. There is nothing. <laughs> that is an ultimate reboot. <laughs> the euphoria. I just mean like, can you imagine if if the reboot was on streaming and like, I mean, not obviously euphoria level, but I mean, wouldn't it be fun to be a little more risque and and uh, and and an R with it. Oh, I would love that. I would love if we had the opportunity. To you know, just... I don't know if the, I wonder if the fans would obviously, you know, there's, you know, I guess kids who love the show wouldn't, couldn't necessarily watch. I mean, depending on the parents choice, but I don't, I just mean like scrubs the whole point at the time was to be extra racy, you know, it was before streaming and Bill was like trying to push what you could do on network TV. As we all know, it was on at nine 30. So he, he got away with a lot, especially before ABC, I was about to say, once we got to ABC, he didn't get away with it. Yeah, much. he got he got clamped down on him because it's Disney. But I'm saying that, like, you know, 
I, I still, we still watch this shit with the sex scenes and stuff with me and Elliot and, and stuff. And I remember thinking like, wow, this was on NBC back in, in the, the aughts, the early aughts. But anyway, my point is, I wonder if we ever do do a reboot, if it's on streaming, if we could be a little more risque and how, and that would be fun. That would be, that would be something that would be fun and different about it. You know, I think that would, well, yeah, I mean, I think because it would be, it would be really weird to not, to stay with the old format, you know, it would be yeah. weird. But we can't all, we can't all just format. be in a hospital. I mean, for starters, like that doesn't make any sense. Right. But even if it is, if, even if it does, does all stay in the hospital, I don't think we could stay with the same format as far as, as far as how risque we are i think we would because of what bill start how he started right you know uh, you know uh uh, not unfortunately but thankfully abc picked up the show and it became a different show right but um the way he started we were definitely trying to push towards that so why not continue on that path i guess a more articulate way of saying what i was trying to say thank you um, yeah, why? Why it seems like if you're going to do a reboot, go back to your roots of trying to be the edgiest thing you could do. Not that you have to be egregious with it, but like you know, push the envelope again. That's what I would recommend. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not well. saying that we're running around saying skeet skeet, <laughs> but we could be. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Elliot says something really fucked up, and and JD says that hurt me so much I lost my breath a little. Yeah, she implies he's not going to bed, but she's just teasing him. I think, right? We know that they they must they must have good sex, or she wouldn't be, keep coming back for more, right? Well, I don't know. Shit, listen, this is one but maybe thing JD's not into all that role playing that what's his name was into. Keith was into some twisted shit. I don't think right. JD's into all those that, those games. Yeah, I no. think JD would get caught up in his head. Remember when Dude, they remember when they each were masturbating in separate cardboard boxes? Yes, it's one of my favorite. <laughs> it's one of my favorite sex capades between the two of them. Yeah, well, JD's not doing that, I don't think. No, I don't think so. He's not getting in a box and and, and pleasuring himself with his woman in a different box. Yeah. No, I don't think he's doing that. And has she calmed down? Like, and what all of a sudden calmed her down? What all of a sudden made her say, you know what? Because Elliot's kinky as fuck. I know, but is she kinky as fuck just with Keith or because she doesn't No, I think she's she's kinky. Her dreams are kinky with like, the apples and all of it. Like she has crazy, crazy sex dreams. Right. People but with no face you bring chasing up a, after her. You bring up a good point, uh, Donald, and that is that all of that stuff doesn't seem to be something she she does with JD. She seems to have done that with other people like Keith. Yeah, man. JD and her, I think, have, have just good but standard fucking. You think they like <laughs> she gets on top, he's on top. Yeah, I, I think, well, we know that they, they get, you know, we think of the pizza episode, you know, they get, they're passionate, but I don't think Jay, they're getting in boxes and dressing up like apple thieves. First of all, that pizza episode was very disturbing to me, the more I think about it. Why? Because there's no way you can eat all that pizza and still want to have sex. Like, after yeah. three slices, you're like, I don't know if my stomach could take the right. shaking. So mm-hmm. Right. Well, I mean, there was hours in between. I think they, t- they allowed for digestion. So we're going to eat this pizza. Yeah. Let it digest. Yeah. Then we're going to fuck. Then they probably each go and like sneak a poop in the other bathroom so like no one knows about it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm going to go uh, check my phone. Okay. 
I'm gonna go yeah. check mine too. I'll be back in like 16 minutes. <laughs> and then they have sex again, and then they eat more pizza. Okay, let me ask you a question. Ahead, if Liz. you poo, yeah. Let's change the whole dynamic. If you poo, are you gonna jump in bed with somebody right after you poo? I don't think so. No, I'm probably gonna gonna we're probably gonna cuddle and watch a, a TV show for a while. Yeah, let the poo. Let, let everything settle back down. Let it, let, it, let it get back. Let it back up a little bit. Let it. Yeah. <laughs> let let, let everything just settle down. Right. Get out of I just poop mode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is where Joelle Down would be like, oh, oh, oh Lord. God. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> there's no. Daniel, you no need to be the Joelle in this situation. I don't I know just, what the show is like to... without. I happen to agree with you both. That's exactly what without, I mean. Without the feminine Joelle energy, the show is off kilter. <laughs> it, yeah, it's just, just too much dicks. me agreeing with the takes. Three dicks in a Zoom. The new show is called Three Dicks in a Zoom. Three dicks we in need, a Zoom. We need Joelle to be putting her, her head in her hands or, or there's no... There's no, um, there's no, there's no, no guardrails. No. <laughs> we just have Daniel sitting here nodding about yeah, like, it. You're right yeah. about that. I do need to wait at least a half an hour after the shit before yeah. I fuck again. Three dicks in a Zoom. <laughs> Our new show, Zach and Donald are three dicks in a Zoom. Zach, Donald, and Donald are three dicks in a Zoom. Eat these balls, Zach. Zach and Donald are gay newlyweds in house arrest. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we come back, uh, we're going to talk more about a show that Donald's not in. Fuck your sound effects machine. Tacovas are one of my favorite boot brands. They're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've made some innovations in comfort, style, and service. These boots are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. Whenever I slip on my Tacoba's boots, I feel the cowboy magic, Donald. They're tough enough for getting dirty, but classic and stylish enough for a night out on the town. If you ever wonder if you can pull off cowboy boots, you should pull on a pair of Tacobas. You'll see. They'll become your new favorite footwear. Cowboys knew what they were doing when they invented Western wear. If you can't make it into a store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. As a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovas has said they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on Tacovas.com. Just use code REALFRIENDS at checkout. That's R-E-A-L-F-R-I-E-N-D-S. It's about a $30 value, and they sell fast, so there are always new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter code REALFRIENDS at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tacovas. only at Tacovas.com. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. 
the all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I dot com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. And we're back. And we're back. I'm going to Vegas uh, today. What are you oh. going to Vegas for? Yeah. All right. So here's the thing. Brian Klugman, our our buddy and uh, the guy who is the Don Draper of all the T-Mobile ads, um, is friends with David Copperfield. Oh. And, and I love magic. And Klugman loves magic. And he's not only taking us to see Copperfield's show at the oh MGM, but after, I hope I'm allowed to say this. Copperfield is giving us a tour of his private <gasps> magic museum. Wow. Oof. You know, I'm, Oof. you don't, there aren't a lot of your friends that I approve of, but one that I do approve of is Brian Klugman. I thought you were say Copperfield. Uh, yeah, I love <laughs> Klugman. No, you know, you have some friends where I'm like, you hanging out with who? Nah, I'm good. Yeah. Uh, but Klugman's then the best. Klugman, if you're ever hanging out with Klugman, because you know, look, you know me. You know how introverted I can be. You know yeah, how you I don't, don't like, like to go out and yeah. hang out. I have a small group of friends that I only hang out yeah. with. You know your how main, I am. Your main friend is God's lettuce. Mm. It's, it's it's one of my hmm. it's one of my closest and dearest friends. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> Until it kills me. But anyway, um, um, but you love Klugman. I do. Too. I do love me some Klugman, man. Anyway, and so I'm so excited because. I'm really excited because I genuinely love magic. I always loved magic as a kid. I love whenever I see great magic, but I've never seen a Vegas magic show. And, mm. um, you know, I know David just as an acquaintance because as we, as Scrubs fans and listeners know, he did a cameo on the show and he was, he was so sweet and cool. And, um, and so it's just really exciting that not only do I get to see the show, but then tour his private uh, magic museum. Do you know that he is like the wealthiest Solo performer on Earth. What? I mean, really? Yeah. It, it, it's it, wasn't it like him and Siegfried and Roy that were like when I mean Vegas has always been great for acts and people would always have you know shows in Vegas and stuff like that. But that I, I remember as a kid seeing commercials for Siegfried and Roy and and for 
Copperfield. Copperfield. I think Copperfield has been doing the show for like eight shows a week for so many years. And uh, and he's He just, must really love magic, man. I think it's safe to say the man loves magic. Yes, Donald. <laughs> no, but you know, for some people it becomes a job, you know? Like, well, I just can't know. wait to see it. I just, I, I think it's going to be so fun. And then I'm also going to play some blackjack. I was watching a documentary That's last night about blackjack to try and prepare. Mm -hmm. Are you going to put a lot of money down? Not a lot, but I, I, I watched the show on Netflix. That had this documentary about these these guys who 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 count cards. Oh, buddy. And no, I am not. Gonna, I I didn't learn to count cards last night. It's so complicated. But dude, these guys. Um, or I'm sure there's gals too, but they focused on guys. They they they've. They've cracked counting cards so much that all the casinos, the second they walk in, know them and spot them and kick them out. And why did they get kicked out? Why are they not allowed to gamble? They're not allowed to beat the system. They they, yeah, they a, a casino That's fucked up, man. If you casino, learn how to beat the system, you should be able to beat the system. A casino is allowed. I learned this from the documentary. They're allowed to kick mm -hmm. out anyone they want. Um, yeah. Obviously, uh, except for you know race, gender, the obvious things, but like you, they are allowed to remove any player for any reason they want, mm -hmm. and um, and the second they have all that they know, they obviously can tell from the cameras and the pit bosses when someone is counting cards. So you don't last long; they kick you out. So this dude is wearing all these disguises. Mm -hmm. He's doing he's doing all this slow playing. He's like trying to play craps for a minute to not look like. To, he's trying to just like blend in right he's right. literally traveling around an rv with like all these disguises it's amazing it's so well, funny yeah i mean i how do you not count cards though once you learn how to count cards That's i know but thing. he but the thing is the second he's too blatant about it they get him right away he's right. like literally wearing like a like a wig and a and a camo baseball hat and so what he does is he tries how to do like you, how are you blatant about counting cards though because the way it's the way you're switching your betting so quickly if you is a if if you just do it without without worry about getting caught, the pattern is pretty obvious to a pit boss or the people in, watching the cameras. Got so he has him. to he has to like disguise it, camouflage it, if you will, um, what he's doing. Oh my dude, he does this other shit. Like he can this is like a six or seven deck shoot, and not only is he counting cards, but he if there's like three aces come up, like just by he can spot where they are. And watch the, the the dealer reshuffle, and 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 have a solid estimate about when they're going to come back, because the, the odds are that they weren't shuffled apart from each other. I mean, that's right. how mega this guy is. It's crazy. Anyway, he's crushing. He was crushing them. Does he and have some to of, play like at the table by himself? Or can he? Yeah, play he's playing it. He tries to do to not get caught. Sometimes he plays at night, um, like the graveyard shift. Mm. Ooh, then there was another thing that he said that uh, this was another thing these guys do. Sometimes a bad dealer will not know that they're showing you their face down card as they deal. And so when they know they've got a dealer like that, they'll like track her and like find out when she, her shift is, when her break is done, and they'll Whoa. go to her tables because, and then he came back from one of those. He's like, this dealer is showing me her, her face down card almost every time. Huh. Wow. Wow. Yeah. There's this so dude, much to it. This dude was up $600,000 playing blackjack. God well, yeah, at that damn. moment, at, at that moment, I'm like, yo, you're fucking counting, dude. You have $600,000, dude. The odds of this happening are like one in a billion. There's no know, way. It just you makes started you realize, with 20 and now you have, you started with 20 and now you have 600. It just makes 000. you realize when you're just playing blackjack and not counting cards, how fucked you are and how the house is always going to win. Yeah, always. Every time. Yeah. Because once you and see, you can once play you see like this, the house and still lose. Yeah, you play, that's what you and I do. Donald's the one who taught me. I think you and Bill are the ones who taught me. Just like play by, 
if you play by these set rules, these are your best odds. But then you watch a documentary about dudes counting cards. You're like, oh, I don't really have any odds at all. The house is always going to win. I need to learn fucking – these people spend like years though learning how to do this. Mm -hmm. They know exactly, you know – you know, what their odds are at all times versus what the dealer has. It's really incredible. But you can't do it anymore. They said they were saying like it's so hard now because because of facial recognition, all the casinos, whether big or small, no matter where they are, they fucking they, AI. They're all again. Yeah, it's kind of a dying actually the whole point of this doc on Netflix, I'm sure you can find it. I forgot the title, but the whole point was like this is a this counting cards thing is a dead art because because of facial recognition and, mm. and security these these guys can't do this anymore. Cause they just they, they, they get, there's so a couple funny. times he couldn't even walk in the door. He walked he he walked in, they were like, Nope. <laughs> and he's That's got crazy. like this big disguise on. They're like, Nope. Yeah. Turn around. Yep. All right, back to the show. There's a cake. And uh, Cox thinks that J.D. organized it um, for his celebrating him becoming the chief of medicine. But, in fact, we learned that it's for Colonel Doctors two years sober. And Colonel Doctor gives the, eh, sign Yeah, he's talking to Deontay. He's talking <laughs> yeah. to Deontay, and he gives a little, like, eh, as if to say, you know. Speaking of his- Deontay, me and him have reconnected. You have. Oh, good. Deontay... You know, once he got out of the business and went corporate and stuff like that, yeah, he's taken a couple of stop motion animation classes. Really? And he and I talk oh, cool. stop motion every now and then. And he's just recently gotten into 3D printing. And you know how 3D printing and stop motion kind of, they kind of are intertwined. Like if you get a three, good 3D printer, you can create faces and all of these wonderful things. Mm. So I think Deontay and I are going to go on a little stop motion independent movie making adventure that would be awesome we can do that would be awesome i imagine it'd be fun for you to collaborate with someone that, that you like yeah well yeah i mean we spend a lot of time together all right this rhythm sequence starts to happen in the icu which uh just sort of seamlessly happens it reminded me of episode two are you having a good time you remember that was that episode two I believe it was episode two when we're in the ICU and all of a sudden this rhythm uh, starts happening. This Uh, was way different. This was more like stomp. This reminded me of stomp. (laughs) This was stomp-esque. And the only real instrument involved is, uh, first of all, Deontay's playing the, the, uh, the, the water cooler bottle and all the other sounds are happening. And the only real instrument is the janitor playing bongos on the floor. That shit had me laughing so hard when he shows up playing the bongos. But now, but he was really playing that shit. It looked like he was really playing that shit. Going in. Yeah. Like he and, was going hard. But it, and I, I laughed so hard at that. Like, one, I laughed at where the fuck did he get the bongos from? Yeah. And, and, and JD <laughs> says, why are you playing bongos? And he says, it's Monday. Monday's bongo day. Yeah. <laughs> And you know, later, sh- later when you're in yeah. his office in the in the closet, he you see his calendar. His office is set up in a in a, in a what do you call it a fucking janitorial closet, and you see his calendar and it. And every Monday, the only thing on the calendar is that Monday is it's written Bongo Day. <laughs> Very, but like decoratively too, like just like like calligraphy around it. But wait, didn't he used to have? He used to have a big office, right? Remember when he was. With Marty, no, he stole that office. Didn't he steal that office? No. Do you remember when he, with the with the brain trust and and he, yeah, and, they stole the office. No, no, no. They stole Kelso's office, didn't they? And then sealed the door. 
Yeah, that was one section, but wasn't in the time of when Marnie was on, wasn't there a, a different office oh, they all know. hung out in? I don't remember. I don't know. Fans fans who, who know remember. I feel like the janitor has had offices before that weren't a closet. This is how, this is why I say that uh, we got really wholesome this year on Scrubs when what? we moved to ABC. We introduced Mr. Vaughn, hmm. and it's set up like he's going to die. Right. He don't die. Yet. That's the second time you said that. This is another character. Two different what? characters. Oh. Um, Denise's character, I mean, Denise's patient, he hmm. didn't die. Right. Well, um, I don't know. I, if you're saying that we don't, less people die on ABC, is that your hypothesis? No, because then you watch Grey's Anatomy and everybody has these freaking really dramatic deaths. And they're like, you know, that stretch out for two weeks, three weeks, three episodes, four episodes. Well, I don't know. We'll have to track that. Uh, Daniel, make a little a note for us to track if less people die in season eight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think. Yeah, we're going to get sure that. Less. We'll get to the bottom of that. Um, all right. So um, Ted finally is allowed to sit. Uh, he was never allowed to sit um, even after he had thigh reconstructive surgery, he tells us. Uh, Kelso never let him sit. And, and Cox is set up in his new office and lets Ted sit on the couch. And then Ted picks his toes, takes advantage yeah, of it. Yeah, and then we cut, and Ted's like like half-dressed and picking his toenails, and, and Cox is like, too comfortable. Stop that. Um, and then, Did you notice who are the three people that cannot, that are on the never, ever, 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 mm-hmm. ever, 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 ever list? Yeah, go ahead. Well, it's Jordan and JD. Yeah. And then Hooch. Yeah. <laughs> Hooch. <laughs> Hooch, Jordan, and JD are on the never, ever, 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 ever allowed in list. Cox but, learned that Hooch is crazy, obviously. Yes. Cox is obviously familiar with Hooch being crazy. I don't know that we ever see in real life Cox's interactions with Hooch, but, um, but we know that how he feels about Hooch. Interestingly, I believe Scrubs Wiki pointed out um, that uh, on his sometimes list is, uh, hold on. Leonard, the security guard, and Dr. Rodenage, which is one of the janitor's aliases, implying that that if you if you if you think about it, you can infer that um, Cox doesn't know that Dr. Rodenage is the janitor. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. Rodenage, of course, janitor backwards. Yes, thank you for reminding the audience of that, Daniel. Mm. Um, JD, okay, so he has Mr. Vaughn that you mentioned who has pneumonia. And Cox has all this paperwork. You know, his whole thing was like, I'm not going to be like Kelso. I'm not going to be stuck in this office. And yet he is stuck in the office. Um, you want to talk about JD taking Mr. Vaughn home and letting him live with him? Yes. Did you laugh at that? Yes. JD mm-hmm. has a fantasy where he takes Mr. Vaughn home and uh, they quickly act like an old married couple who are yelling at each other. Right? Yes, mm-hmm. that's exactly what happens. Well, look <laughs> who <laughs> look who is playing the same song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really got into that, didn't I? I was like, yeah, scre- I was like screaming at him. Yeah. And he cries. And then he cried. They get the close up of the one tear coming out. Yeah. So Carla is um, 
We learned that Carla booed Elliot off of the karaoke stage because she was singing uh, Swing Low, Sweet Chariot. <laughs> right. Yes. You know what that reminded me of? What? Blazing Saddles. When y'all were slaves, you used to sing like, you know, the Camp Town Lady. And they're like, the Camp Town Lady, you know, or Swing Low, Sweet Chariot. Y'all never heard that one? Swing Low, Sweet Chariot. That shit is one of the best scenes in Mel Brooks history. Having all these white boys running around going, the Camp Town Lady, dang that song, do da, do da. That shit had me rolling. I don't remember. It's been a very long time since I saw Blazing Saddles. Hmm. What? I'm sorry. It's true. I haven't seen it since I was a kid. Um, oh, by the way, do you remember the Frisco Kid? Harrison Ford Gene Wilder. Yes. Course. Yes. If you haven't seen that movie, the Frisco Kid, it's a great, great movie. All right. So uh, Elliot thinks it's because she can't sing the low notes. And Carl is like, sure, that's why you shouldn't sing that song. And in the tag at the very end of the show, we we see Elliot singing the song. And um, uh, an African-American doctor played by Richard Wells, who was not only our first assistant director for – for many, many, many episodes of the show, but also directed a few Scrubs episodes. He comes over and looks at her like, "Why the fuck are you singing that song?" <laughs> but he cut that. He had to come back to do that because he wasn't working on the show at the time anymore. He wasn't even. He had left. Then he. Oh no, he retired at, on Cougar Town. That's when he retired. Mm, yeah, I know that he was. Uh, he wasn't. He was acting as a unit production manager uh, yeah. at this point, but he, he yeah. was still around. I love that yeah. guy. Love yeah. it. Great. So many great memories with that guy. One of the best in the business. Mm-hmm. Um, Mickhead uh, is uh, screaming. So then we we talk about how there's is a whole thing about how the nurses um, don't feel respected. They need they need more staff. Uh, they think Carla is in cahoots with the doctors because she's married to a doctor because she's friends with all the doctors. So the nurses are mad at Carla, and uh, we see we see the nurses being disrespected in a couple um, just quick cuts. Mickhead is screaming at one nurse really dis- disrespectfully. And then he and then he breaks and goes, "Okay, honey, see you at home." We learned that that's so. His, it, so let, just so we're clear, yeah. Mick had beat two charges. Uh, uh, yeah, murder raps. Yeah, for killing his wife. Yeah, and he's got a new a new girlfriend, he's <laughs> and he's new, yelling at her. <laughs> that he's yelling at. <laughs> he said, "Let me tell you what the MD stands for. Makes the decision. Okay, you got that. <laughs> I'm gonna see you at home, honey." Bye. Yeah, um, that woman, that young nurse sh- shouldn't be with Mickhead. I, I don't think uh, someone. Should I mean, clue- get the the dude's gonna kill you. He's probably gonna kill you. Why are so many women into Mickhead? I uh, there must be something great about Mickhead at home because he keeps even after he beat uh, a couple murder charges, he he's still finding new love. Well, love is finding him. Yes, and sticking around. Even maybe, after the warnings. Maybe he's really You know, good. all the nurses in the hospital are like, girl, don't you know this motherfucker beat two murder raps? <laughs> what is you doing? She's like, I don't no. give a shit. I love him. <laughs> you don't know what he says to me when we at home. And then Todd says something uh, so rude to, or, or, or sexist or whatever to a nurse, and he goes, disrespecting nurses five. No. <laughs> so... Uh, that's our that's our clip of of doctors not treating nurses with respect, and right. um, the nurses are pissed at, at Carla for not. Um, they feel she's not advocating for them. Yeah, they think because she's friends with a doctor, best friends with the doctor, and married to a doctor, that she is a uh, that she is a turncoat. A turncoat, exactly. 
Um, so Cox can't leave his office. Everyone wants to get in. Everyone wants a favor. We've seen this happen with Kelsa before, but Cox is experiencing it for the first time. Um, Carler wants more nurses. The janitor is is trying to annoy him. The janitor, we learn, has a, a thing he does with this oh, 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 photograph of the building where he's always, he pesters anyone who gets an office with trying to hang this picture or painting. I think it's a photograph that nobody wants. And he really tries to annoy uh, Cox by constantly hammering um, and just, I don't know. I don't really understand what was happening. Well, he's he was, doing it because he didn't get an office, and that's right. why he's in the closet. And ever since right. he asked for an office, Kelso's hip to it. Kelso had figured it out. But anytime someone gets an office that's bigger than the closet that he's in, right? he automatically bothers them by trying to hang a photo. And and right. tries to make their life a living hell with the photo. Now, if you watch how he's trying to hang this 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 frame, he's got like four nails in the wall, none of which are, you can tell are, are are the right nail. For this. So he's just being an annoying. And at one point, he hangs it on 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 fishing line in the middle of the room, and he starts swinging it. And he has a whole bit about how the look look out, it's coming towards you. Yeah, he's like it's got Lenny. I don't even know what the hell he was talking about. <laughs> it's a different. It's a different episode. It's a different episode. It wasn't your favorite, eh? I mean, I giggled a few times, but I do think I'm not just saying this because I love you. I, I don't think the show is as funny without you. No. I, I I I'm I'm gonna I'm not gonna lie. I did watch it and I did take notes. Imagine Webster. Imagine Webster without too. Emmanuel Lewis. That's how I felt. With just Mister and Ma'am. <laughs> Yeah. An episode of Webster without Emmanuel Lewis is not an episode of Webster. No. It's an episode of Mr. and Ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what, uh, what, 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 here's a bit of trivia for you. How did Webster, what, what, what furniture object uh, disguised Webster's secret passageway to his room? Ooh. The food? Was it the food? What, what was it? I don't remember. It was in the living room, and it was what Webster used to get in and out of his secret passage. Oh, the clock. Yeah, it was a grandfather clock. <laughs> That's right, the clock. That's right. I remember that. I was worried. I'm so proud of you that you got yeah, it. Thank goodness. I remember Any of that. you listeners who got it? Good. It led you. to his bedroom. I think it led to his bedroom, or at least the upstairs hallway. It was definitely, it made me as a kid go, oh, man, one day I want to have a secret passageway behind a clock. <laughs> I would do to this day. I still don't have a secret passageway. I really would like one. I would love. I would love to be able to pull a book and the fucking thing just. Yeah, the classic bookcase. Yeah, so we we can't die and not have had a secret passageway in our lives. I think it has to be a bucket list for both of us. Houdini had the best one, man. He had like that whole property in Laurel Canyon. The. uh, he had underground passageways and stuff like that, so he could do his magic tricks throughout his house at his parties and stuff oh, like that. That's so Is cool. That true. <laughs> I, I know that's lore, but that sounds that sounds incredible if it's true. I'm choosing I to mean, believe it. From what I understand, that whole that whole intersection used to be his. Stuff, yeah, I've right? heard all I've heard all these rumors that there's <clears throat> tunnels underneath the ground to other mm-hmm. other houses and all sorts of stuff. It's all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if it's rumor or not. I mean, if you wore the the magic 
motherfucker, the, the, the number one magic. I bet you go to Copperfield. When you go to Copperfield's house, oh. he's got a bunch of freaking secret passages. I don't think I'm going. I don't think I'm going to his house. I'm, I'm going to his museum. But I, I bet would, you his museum I'll, has a bunch of secret passages. Oh, I hope lead, so. I will. I will be house. able to tell you tonight. I will Oof. text you. You'll be asleep because it'll Oof. be. After Let me ask you a question. Go ahead. If he does have this stuff, yeah. How do you think he can like? I mean, I, I understand he's rich and stuff like that, but to put to re-infrastruct a a whole, you know what I mean? To change the infrastructure of a whole uh, city system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How much money do you think it would cost to do so? Like Bruce Wayne, that's where it gets like a little crazy, right? Like Bruce <laughs> sure. Wayne does all of this crazy. The motherfucker has a tunnel that led from his office a a, 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 a shoot a right. skeet shoot that leads from his office all the way to the bat cave well i think you're supposed to imagine that he just has infinite money and i and right. i think that really i think i haven't googled it but i'm told that copperfield daniel you google it for us i sure. think he's as i understand it he is one of the wealthiest single performers in history I know, that's what i'm saying so if he does have this shit if he does if anyone's going to have it, it's going to be him. I know he owns an island, <clears throat> which is the which is your first badass move as a as a zillionaire. You got to have that island, right? Damn. If you buy an island, where you got to have an you, island. If you, if you got that kind of money, you got to have an island. Did you see that Bezos? So Bezos built this uh, five hundred million dollars sailboat, right? Hmm. And um, it's it's enormous. It's like the biggest private sailboat, and uh, you know whatever. It's a five hundred million sailboat. Boat. Yeah, he, he put sails on it. I mean, it's a sailboat. It looks like, you know, anyway, the point Does it is- it look like a pirate ship? No, it's it just looks like a giant sailboat. But here's the thing. The boat needs a support yacht. There's so many people needed to run it, and there's so many, uh, and, and, and so much other needs to support the $500 million boat that it has a $75 million yacht that follows it <laughs> to support- the services needed what? to make – yeah, you can That's Google amazing. that. So this – look, if you got – if I, I'm asking all, the, all of our listeners too. If you were given a crap ton of money right, and they were like, you can't spend it on world peace and you can't spend it on saving it, the it world. It has to be spent on something stupid. Yeah, go ahead. Right. What would you spend? I would I, – me personally, I would spend it on like a doomsday. A doomsday bulk. bunker. Like, yeah. like, uh, like a James yeah. Bond villain. Yeah. Like Dr. Like Evil. Something, like Dr. Something Evil. Something that – when the when it, other than the earth blowing to bits, I'm gonna survive that shit. I love the idea. I don't know. There's something. I I don't know. I don't know what I would do. I definitely like an like. I'd probably go with a Copperfield Island, and I'd call it Copperfield Island. <laughs> you would Copperfield Island would be sick. All right, Daniel, did you find out the answer? Um, I'm I'm gonna getting mixed messages on on exactly the answer, but I did find. Some very interesting information. Here's a question. How many shows do you think David Copperfield does per year? I, I heard he does like, I know he does t- two a day, I think. So let's call that 14 a week. What's 14 times 52? Daniel, you're smart. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm better at doing say? two times 365. So that would be a, a little over like 730, basically. It's not quite that many, but he does 515 shows a year. Yeah, he's rich. Is, yeah, and, and, yeah. That's fill up if you could fill up a theater that many so, yeah, times. It's yeah. sold out every night. It's sold so, out every night. If you could fill up a theater that many times, yeah, you're doing something. It's sold he, out every night. Yes, he is individually worth a billion dollars. He gets yeah. sixty million a year from the performances. 
alone. <laughs> and then everything else is is like merchandise or stuff with his name on it or like um, licensing residuals. Yeah, licensing and residuals and stuff like that. You got to really love magic to do that many shows a year, man. Yeah, continuously. It's his passion. It's like you, you saying, like, you know, you. It's like, like, he you must be and, trying to raise the dead or something, like, for real, for real. Like, <laughs> he must be trying to do that Tesla situation in uh, the prestige, like, straight up, man. Do you remember like, when we were kids and he made the Statue of Liberty disappear? What? Yeah, I do remember that. Was there that was him tele- that did that? What's that? Was that him that did that? Yeah, there was a television yeah. special in primetime, I believe, and it was David Copperfield makes the Statue of Liberty disappear in front of a live audience. Wow, that was like, exactly. That, that was like a big moment in our childhood. Now, if you live in New York, <laughs> they, I mean, I don't, I don't remember how to, didn't they cover the Statue of Liberty or some shit? I don't remember what it was. I don't remember. I'm, I, I think I, I remember know. that. I, was I think I remember. I think I remember finding out how he did it, but I'm not going to blow anyone's secrets right. on on a podcast. I also remember when they put that freaking balloon of King Kong on the Empire State Building too. I, I don't remember I that. Kid. What was that for? Just to, just to, I don't know what the purpose of it was, but they put a a balloon of King Kong on the Empire State Building, and that shit was up there for like at least a year. I feel like. <laughs> I just remember being like, damn, that shit is still up there. Do you know that the lights uh, and colors of the Empire State Building are different every night? And you can look up on a website that tells you why they're that color each night. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that they the lights had significance. Yeah, they're always honoring. Sometimes it would be something like to honor, you know, you know, some union that is celebrating. You know, it's sometimes something you wouldn't necessarily know. Obviously, like it's going to be green on St. Patrick's Day. But like sometimes it's like. You know, in honor of something you would never know, but you can always look it That's up. That's actually pretty romantic if you could, if you could pay for. I'd do that for you, but all I have to do is I have to all I have to do is look up what the colors are going to be tonight. Like, oh, they're going to be blue and yellow. Like, hey, Donald, because I know that you love blue and yellow. I paid to have <laughs> right, because Casey's favorite color is yellow and your favorite color is blue. You just have I to find, yeah. You just have to yeah. find a reason. You'll find a hey, reason. buddy. Tonight they're going to be turquoise and brown, and I know you love turquoise and brown. I don't love I don't love turquoise and brown. Oh, I wasted all this money. <laughs> all right, we're taking another break. When we come back, we will finish up an episode of Scrubs that Donald is not in. Fuck your sound effects machine. Tacovas are one of my favorite boot brands. They're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've made some innovations in comfort, style, and service. These boots are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. Whenever I slip on my Tacova's boots, I feel the cowboy magic, Donald. They're tough enough for getting dirty, but classic and stylish enough for a night out on the town. If you ever wonder if you can pull off cowboy boots, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas. You'll see. They'll become your new favorite footwear. Cowboys knew what they were doing when they invented Western wear. If you can't make it into a store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com. 
and point your toes west. As a special opportunity for our listeners, Tecovis has said they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on Tecovis.com. Just use code REALFRIENDS at checkout. That's R-E-A-L-F-R-I-E-N-D-S. It's about a $30 value, and they sell fast, so there are always new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter code REALFRIENDS at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tacovas. only at Tacovas.com. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. Tank forever, and we're back. Zaka, 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 love you. Calm down, girl. Please. I laughed my ass off when Ted walked in and saw Kelso. Yeah, that was funny. And then he passes out. Yeah. And sleeps for eight hours. He had like uh, eighteen hours. Eighteen hours. Yeah. Yeah. Kelso said whenever, um, whenever he gets this upset after I startle him, uh, he'll usually sleep for eighteen hours. And they pet him, and he's like a little puppy. <laughs> On the couch. <laughs> and Great this is at the moment that you realize, oh, Kelso still, Kelso d- did have a little bit of care for in his heart for for Ted. No, barely. I mean, he treated him like a dog. Earlier, we skipped it, but he used to, he, he starts, he bends over when, when, uh, when Cox is about to start signing contracts or whatever paperwork. And he, and he goes, what the hell are you doing, Ted? He's like, oh, Kelso liked to sign, uh, his paperwork on my back, um. And, uh, and and he goes, it's not that bad. It's, I imagine it's what a what a hug feels like. I'm not <laughs> hugging you, Ted. I'm not hugging Aww. you, Ted. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, you know, Kelso, there's this long walk and talk with Kelso and JD where 
you know, Kelso basically says to JD, look, okay, I'm going to give you the, the keys to the castle here. I'm going to give you the, the behind-the-scenes information you need. Right. And that is that you have to keep pushing Cox. Whenever Cox wouldn't relent on me, even though I knew, uh, what, even though I had to fake like I was pissed at him, I knew that he was passionately advocating for patients, and I knew when he wouldn't give up that I would ultimately relent. And if you want to do that, you have to be that guy for Cox. So you really see everyone's sort of changing roles now as JD becomes the Cox, as Cox became the Kelso. It also shows you how, you know, in order to maintain some form of humanity, Kelso really needed Cox, too. And this is something that was never talked about on the show. You know, he said no to so many people, and, you know, he became such a, such a great chief of medicine for the hospital, not necessarily for the patients, but if Cox hadn't always pushed him to do, to advocate for the patients, Kelso might have lost himself in the hospital and never made it out. Mm. And it's this, and he's giving JD that same conversation. Listen, he's going down a dark path, and he and it's it's very much like Star Wars. And he did it for the greater good. Vader did it for the greater good to save the woman he loved. But at the end of the day, you know, it will consume him, and it will. It will can it will it'll make him into the person that Kelso became. Yeah. And in order for there to be a light at the end of the tunnel, there has to be somebody who is consistently in his face telling him, you know, what you're doing is wrong and the patients are what makes this hospital, not the hospital. And right. It could be it could be said, Donald, that he's showing him um he's he's being the uh the light side of the force to the dark side of the force. He's come full Anakin. He went to the dark side. He's come back to the light side and he's warning the new apprentice. Yes. By the way, Kelso became a much better man the second he quit. What? Yeah. All of that. <laughs> dude, just think about all of the pressure, yeah. all of the freaking, all and of that having stuff. to be the bad guy, having to be the bad guy for everybody. To everyone. And I want, and, 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 and I bet you at one point he hated it like the way Cox hates it. But then eventually he loved it. He learned to love it. It's like an acquired taste, like coffee. Remember your first time tasting coffee and being like, I will never drink that shit again. And then all of a sudden you just kept drinking it. Although we should mention that he does um, he does put on a doctor's coat so he can score free morning after pills from the pharmacy. I didn't say he was a saint. I just said <laughs> <laughs> We're just saying that he's turned a corner, and we forgot to mention that he throws on a lab coat so he can score free morning after pills from the pharmacy. What is he doing with those morning after pills? Well, we know that he likes uh, working he's gals. He's not giving it to Enid. No, he likes working gals. That's very clear. He does like the working gals. I guess he's also not using protection with the working gals? I mean... That's that's. I think it's safe to imply that if he's needing needing the, the so many so many doses of the morning of the morning after pill. pill. <laughs> we don't know. Skeet 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 yes, skeet skeet skeet, come, skeet 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 and all over the place. It all comes back to skeeting, Donald. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Lastly, um, Elliot clears it up with uh, Nurse Barb, who's the nurse who, who's a kickboxer who was threatening to beat her up in the parking lot. Because of the way she spoke to her. Yeah, she apologizes and, um, and, and says that she's uh, going to be more respectful of uh, the nurses. And, but she also uh, tells him, look, you got to use Carla as the – she's the bridge, man. And I get it, you know, that you feel like we are disrespectful to you guys and I will try my best to change and everything like that. But if you really have issues and stuff like that and things that you want to get done, you have to use Carla because she's a, she's got your back and she's the only one that's connected to all of us. Yeah. She's the liaison. Liaison. And so then – uh, you know, and then JD, my girl some respect. JD finally um, passionately fights for Mr. Vaughn and, and gets what he wants, just as Kelso said he would from, from Cox. And that's yes. the show. And that's the episode of Scrubs, everybody. Bring Donald Faison back to the program. Amen. That's my chant. That's my chant. Y'all need to be out you in know, the streets. You know what I've been thinking about Asking for the for longest? Donald. What? Me dying and AI fucking being in Star Wars. <laughs> My AI being a <laughs> Now you said the last episode all week, all week, all week, which is now two weeks because we shoot, we record these about a week before they come out. No, we don't. We record them on a Thursday and they come out on a Tuesday. Mm. It's almost a week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you have any advice for me on blackjack? I hit on uh, I hit on twenty, right? Always yep. bet on black. <laughs> um, no, on blackjack, yeah. Hit on hit on sixteen. Yeah, you have to hit on a sixteen. Always assume that the dealers... unless unless they're showing like a three, four, five, or six, then you stay. Okay, on a now, sixteen uh, because you're ass- assuming that they have yeah, they have a face card or a ten underneath, and so then when they flip over with the thirteen and they hit, right? And even if they get a nine on that. That's one too many. But you have to always assume that their face card, that their card down is a is a ten, right? Always assume that, yes. Okay. And uh, and I can always ask them. They're, they they will tell you what the book says. Some people will. Some people won't. It depends. Really, on who I've never you get. met a dealer. That, if, if you're like, what does the book say? I've never met a dealer that doesn't tell you. It's really funny to meet dealers. You've met like people that. that are like, nope. No, they won't say nope. But there's some that have added. Oh, the book says you should hit. Oh God! Oh, I've just met, hit. I don't play that much, but when I, I feel like they're mostly cool and want to help and are friendly because it's not no, their money. Want, they just want that money. They want you to drink. And right. Take well, they want it, They want you to tip them, so that's why they're more likely to help you. Right. Remember, those chips are actual money, Zach. Yeah. Just remember that. Yeah, I'm. I'm so inspired by this documentary. I think I might try counting. Get kicked out. I dare you to get kicked out. A seven. I dare, you. I dare you to get kicked out of without, a casino without any training. I'm going to try and count a seven deck shoot. Yeah. You can do it. One. I was going to say. I'm going to be sitting at the table. In my two, mind, three, four, in my mind, like, okay, I think there's been two queens. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> these dudes are. These dudes have a whole method by which they keep track of that many decks. It's incredible. Yeah. What if you count out loud? What if yeah. you're like, okay, that was five queens, right, guys? It's like hiding guys, in plain sight. Guys, hiding in plain guys, sight. What, did, you know will, they what I mean? kick my, will they kick me out if, with the whole table? I'm like, all right, I'm going to keep track of queens. You keep track <laughs> of kings. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make friends. Right. How many aces is that, Jim? 
That's seven aces. Seven aces. <laughs> so Susie, we got left? Susie, why are you leaving? You're you're in charge of counting Susie, the twos. No, we're in this together. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I'm broke. I just lost all my money. You're counting the twos. You're so counting the twos, Susie. <laughs> Get back here. <laughs> Well, how many, if you're going to leave, how many twos were there? (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's our show. Um, We got nobody today. There's nobody calling in and there's nobody. And no Joel. We don't have Joel. No Joel. Daniel, you blew it already. Um, (laughs) I want to say, to be fair, this isn't your job, Daniel. Donald's going to forget this, but um, I just want to say June 10th in Seattle at the (laughs) Moore Yeah, you should tell him about June 10th in Seattle. Yes, okay, I will. I will right now. Uh, June 10th, uh, I think we're almost sold out uh, at the the Moore Theater in Seattle. Join us Mm -hmm. uh, or forever hold your peace. And I also have an important announcement about a good person today is officially the day you can finally rent it for $5.99. Um, it's been a long time coming for the price to come down to five ninety nine. But those of nice. you who were waiting for that opportunity, it's now officially for rent uh, for five ninety nine. So please check out a good person directed and written by myself, starring Morgan Freeman and Florence Pugh and Molly Shannon. Go we do should it. probably tell them because we don't talk about this enough. Uh, and I don't think we've discussed it at all yet. Oh, my God. But June 10th. Yes. Thank you for reminding us, <laughs> yeah. Donald. Thank you for reminding us the June 10th of the Moore Theater in Seattle, the uh, first and possibly only live mm. episode of Fake Doctors, Real Friends. All right. I'm count us out, my friend. There. All right, guys. It was a pleasure. I miss you when we're not here. I miss you so much it hurts sometimes. And on that note, five, six, seven, eight. Some stories about a show we made. About a bunch of docs and nurses and a janitor who loved to hate. I said, he's got stories that you all should know. So gather around to hear our, gather around to hear our Scrubs Rewatch Show with Zach and Dono. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, it's simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. You can learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com.